Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hello, and welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Take three. Thank, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. I'm here with Jared this morning. For some reason, I've had to say that line three times now. Sometimes it just doesn't go well. We just have to record again and record again. <laughs> what am I again. saying? What am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Jared and I and our family, we just got back from a little vacation to Branson, Missouri, and it was amazing. It really was. What were your highlights? Uh, okay, so... Honestly, my highlight from the entire trip was the morning that we were sitting on the little beach. There was a little beach. <laughs> this is my fault. Yes. Oh my. There's a little beach on Table Rock Lake. And that's my favorite part of vacation, just getting to go and watch the kids play and enjoy something and be able to just kind of chill and relax and be outside. So that's what we were doing. And there was a big lily pad in the lake, and there's yeah, a bunch of kids. Full of goose poop in the morning, so they yeah. wanted me to go clean the goose poop off of it. Yeah, we were there because for some reason we wake up very early, Earlier even than on ever, vacation. Like before anybody else Nothing is, on the beach. is open, so we're like, well, let's just go down to this beach. Yeah, and right. we were the only ones at whenever we first got out there. But then a few people started. Were, is, was anyone else there? There not, was one other family. Time. Not, at time, no? No? Yeah, not at that okay. time, though. No? Yeah, not at that time. So it was just us. And, um,. <laughs> So anyways, there was goose poop out on the lily pad, and the kids were wanting to play on it. So, of course, Jared goes out to clean the goose poop off because they wouldn't, they couldn't There's a lot of goose poop. Yeah. More than you would think. <laughs> so Jared is standing up on the lily pad trying to, like, kind of sink it a little bit to get enough water going over it to wash off the goose poop. I, I cleaned a little bit of it with my hand. It was really gross, like, worse than I thought. And I was, you know, getting water on it and splashing uh-huh. it really hard. And I thought maybe if I stand on it, it would be easier. So I was just standing up there, sloshing water around it and getting the poop off, and it was working really well. And I'm just sitting in a chair watching this process. <laughs> All of a sudden, I look and see he's... Like slow motion falling onto his back with both. She's acting this out right now for some both, reason. Both of his legs go up in the air, and he's on his back, and then just cannot get traction to stop himself and rolls slowly into the water. And yeah. it was hilarious. And it would have been a AFE. It would. It was an AFE moment. If oh it was my caught. gosh, it was so funny, and the boys and I were just dying laughing. Well, the thing is so unstable because it's made for kids to run around on or geese. <laughs> you know, or whatever else, turtles probably. Yep. And so I lost my footing and fell backwards and couldn't stop myself. There was nothing to hold on to. Yeah. So I just went. Funny. Legs I really up. think there was one other family. Oh, no, no. There were Not people yet. renting paddle boats. Maybe that's what that's it was. That's what it was. I was like, I know there were people around. It was people renting paddle boats. Um, but uh, that no. wasn't my favorite part. That was, <laughs> that was fun. Funny. I knew it was funny. I went into the water and I knew, oh my gosh, if Jordan is watching that or anybody was watching that, they're having a blast right now. Uh, what was your favorite? We had two of the things that were my favorite, I think, that were tied. Number one was the Top of the Rock tour oh, that was of really the cave. Cool. So you get in a golf cart that's got a big time governor on it. I mean, you can only go re- <laughs> Both the boys really can run controlled. faster than it. Yeah, we tested. It really, yeah, we did. We tested. That was really fun because you're going through all these caves and it's remarkable how they carved into the like existing caves, they carved t- more tunnels. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly know how they did it, but it was pretty incredible. And there's Miss- waterfalls everywhere. We're always really interested in Missouri topography because yeah. it's all rocky there. Mm. So they just carved. 
a lot of that stuff was man-made. Like, they carved these bluffs. You just take the soil away, and there's all these bluffs underneath. And it's art of what was already existed. Yeah. But they just... Somehow, carved it out. Yeah, car- yeah, it's just unreal. It was really neat. Um, and tons and tons of waterfalls on that tour, too. So I love I that. I liked that a lot, too. And Your the- fall wasn't necessarily the favorite part of my vacation. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, that's good enough. Just being on that beach that whole morning was my favorite. Okay. Well, Tide was the aquarium at that was Bass an Pro in Springfield. Aquarium. It was unbelievable. The whole thing. And, uh, That's the coolest aquarium embarrassing ever. moment. We were hearing Johnny Morris talk to begin the whole tour, and both you and I were crying. <laughs> he was talking about going fishing with his parents as a child, and then as an adult, you know, now they're dead and gone, and he remembers they're them. They're dead in the grave. They're so. dead in the grave, and he remembers <laughs> them every time he goes fishing, and we're like, oh, we hope our kids remember happy times with us. It was, I don't know what it was about. Uh, it just it, brought tears to our eyes, and we were, we just, you know, just one, one really peaceful tear, mm-hmm. not blubbering. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that was really cool. Um, but the whole trip was awesome. We did a lot of yeah, fun things. Yeah, it was things. fun. But anyways, while we were on our vacation, it made me think about, we should do an episode on vacation and rest and taking a break from things and sabbaticals thrown in there because you have interesting thoughts on sabbaticals well we've i've done a lot of that talked a lot about sabbaticals quite a bit yeah. on my podcast yeah so if you want to hear more you can look at the shepherd's crook there's probably some titles in there that might catch your eye but while we were on the way home we did a live video on this so there's going to be some repeat content but i thought we would flush the idea out a little bit more and that was on instagram by the way. yeah that was on instagram and i wanted to start out by saying that Neither of us think that it's wrong to take a sabbatical or a long vacation or anything like that. That um, if God blesses you with a month or months that you guys go get to go and do something restful and restorative, then praise God and glorify him in it. And that is a gift from the hand of the Lord and absolutely enjoy it. If we got the opportunity to take a month off, we would probably do it, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's not like we are against those things. I mean, if we had a, a month and half the month, we did a beach thing like you did, and uh-huh. then somehow we were magically able to transport to Alaska for two more two weeks. Okay, like two weeks. Two and weeks. for you to fish yeah. for salmon? No, hunt no grizzly bear. And, oh, hunt bear. Sorry, and look at mountains. And okay, that kind of thing. Yeah, if that magically happened, we would definitely do it and enjoy it. So I don't want this to come across as those things are wrong and it's dumb if you do them. That's definitely not what we're saying, but. It is probably unrealistic that the vast majority of pastors and their wives are going to do that at some point in their life. You're going to need to work. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, it's work. But the the concept of so many people is if I can just make it to vacation, if I can just make it to, to a sabbatical, if I can just make it to a time off, it's escape rather than a time of joy and a gift from the Lord. Those kind of things are looked at as absolutely I want necessary. To just, yeah, that's I, the only way I can survive. It. All this is is escape for me yeah. from the normal life that's constructed, that's unenjoyed. And so, what we want to challenge you with is: don't expect those sorts of things. Don't demand those sorts of things. Enjoy the life that you're living regularly from Sunday to Sunday. Yeah. So hopefully, this episode will help you set up rhythms so you don't have to get to a place where you're absolutely desperate for a vacation. Yeah. Um, and still, this doesn't mean if you live this way you'll never never want to take a vacation never want never want to get away yeah there are going to be things about normal life that are challenging and difficult 
and vacation provides an opportunity, for instance, like we don't have to clean up after the meal. You know, when we, go like, out to eat. Yeah. we can go out to eat and really enjoy that. Or yeah. we don't have to make our beds because the maid service comes along and makes a mm-hmm. bed at the hotel. Right. Or there's a break from doing laundry for a few days. Or there's a break from, you know, all the normal duties that you have at home. Or from your husband gets a break from work. Your kids get a break from homeschooling. like they're, Or schooling, whatever they do. Um, so it's those things are a blessing and um, a gift from God. So, um, so let's talk first just about normal rest. Okay. Like Sabbath. Well, what have we done since we've been married? So every, for us, Sundays are Jared's, one of Jared's work days, busier work days, really, at least for the earlier part of the day. Yeah. It still has to be a day of rest for us. Cause I mean, it, it has to be, but mm-hmm. it is a more, you know, busy day for yeah. us with, mm-hmm. with ob- obligations. And- yeah. So, we have taken off Fridays since we've been married. So, for 12 years, Fridays are what we call family day. Um, And it's a day that we rest, and then we also do things that we enjoy. So, a lot of times we go to yard sales, or we'll go for a hike. We were doing that for a long time. Had a Mm -hmm. regular pattern going on where we go for a hike on Friday mornings. Or we just hang out at our house and spend time together, play in the backyard, Grill, that's also a day that I will do more extensive, like, baking or cooking things that I've wanted to do but are more challenging to do on a normal day. So just taking the time on a Friday to do those things that feel restorative. Well, yesterday is a unique family day, but we still got some time in. We actually had a set-up camper for the rentals, uh, for a rental. And what we did was we went with the whole family, and we ended up going to, we went to the beach. And Rin Lake Beach. ended up having a good time there yeah. for a little bit. But Deuteronomy 5, we read this every single Sunday in the Bible Reading Challenge. And I love it that we do because it's such a good reminder. It says, Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On, on it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. So if your family is not Sabbathing, you should really reflect on that. Why not? Why do you feel like you have to be a slave to work? I love it that it says in here that the reason why we Sabbath, like remember, you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, keep the Sabbath. Yeah. This is a remind. It should be a reminder, to, a weekly reminder to us that we were once slaves, mm-hmm. that we were slaves to sin, and God freed us from our bondage. So every every week, as we continue this habit and this rhythm <clears throat> of keeping the Sabbath and resting, remember that we are not a slave anymore. We're a slave to God, and therefore we obey Him and His commands. And we realize within a church, and even as you are listening to this, there's going to be some hardline, strict Sabbatarians, and those that are not as strict Sabbatarians. Regardless if you claim that on yourself or not, if you hold to the confessional statements that most of you have that are listening to this or not, when it regards the Sabbath, when it comes to recreation or the Lord's Day and, and all of that, 
you have to buy into the principle of creational rest that is given in the garden. We know that scripturally we are commanded to work six days. And so even if you have two days off, you still are called to work. I mean, work is a part of life. But the command is there also rest. And so if you're not resting, if you're not taking time, if you're not doing that as a family and modeling that for the men that may be listening in, modeling that for your family, then you're disobeying the Lord. And you got to find that uh, in your life. And you got to do that because God has given you enough time to have a day of rest and you got to take it. Mm-hmm. And I think just a side note of not despising work that we are actually commanded to work for six days, not begrudging work. And a way to not begrudge work is to know you have a day off. Like mm-hmm. God has given us a vacation day every single mm-hmm. week. Why are you not taking your vacation day? You know, it's like those people who have tons and tons and tons of vacation days and they never take them. Like, mm-hmm. why, why do you yeah, not why do, would that? You do that? Um, the people who don't, uh, I bet their wives are thinking that too. Oh, like, oh I would totally world, be thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but the people who don't, that they still are like doing all this work on the, on Sabbath, like they don't take a day of rest. Like why God is mm-hmm. giving you this as a gift. It's a good gift. Yeah. Um, that he created for man. He yeah. modeled it and then created it for us as a blessing. Why are you not taking advantage of it? Yeah. And one thing. And I feel like there's people out there. Sorry. I feel I'm like sorry. there's people out there that are saying like, I can't take a Sabbath. I have, I still have to take care of these children around me. And I have some thoughts about that, but go okay. ahead. I'll let you we'll get to that. Scott and Kelly were talking to us for friends of ours about South America and work is going to be different from six days you shall work. And in that command, it doesn't tell us how long you should work. Is it sun up to sun down? We don't have those commands. One of the things that's interesting is that there is a work ethic that's built into the American way. That is a really good thing. It's it's a really good thing, but work is different around the world. And one of the things that Scott and Kelly had to work through. Even from family to family. Even from family to family. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the things that they had to work through is that it's interesting. The work day there apparently is, like four to six hours, something like that, that people would work. And it's so different than here where the standard is, if you're not working eight, 10, 12 hours, Mm -hmm. then you're, what are you doing, Mm -hmm. you know, with your life? And so that's going to be different around the world. And, uh, but, but still the command is there six days, you shall work. And it doesn't mean that if you only work eight hours a day, or if you, you know, don't work 14 hours a day, that you're not really fulfilling that command. And we don't have these strict hard lines about what that looks like day in, day out for those six days. But it's there to work and to work hard. I mean, that's what God has built men and women for Mm -hmm. and in different and unique ways. Yeah. And work is a blessing to us. It's a blessing to our bodies to work hard. Um, And I know that there are seasons that that is more difficult than others and circumstances that are more difficult than others. But overall, work is a blessing to us, that it's good for us. Yeah. And and in in that week then. What we're talking about is these weekly patterns that help you to where you don't feel like you're dog tired around, you know, God has not commanded us to take vacations. Those are gifts from him that are beyond what's expected. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't just expect that every single year, but we should expect one day a week we get rest. And Mm -hmm. that's what God has built for us to exist as human beings. Yeah. So are you physically tired? Like, is your body physically tired? Then don't fill up your Sabbath with recreation. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that is a temptation for us. We we kind of like going on a hike or going on going to do yard sailing or like doing fun things together. We like to do fun things as family together. Mm-hmm. Um, go and do something. Um, but are you physically tired? Then restrain yourself. And it, honestly, it takes restraint to mm-hmm. not go mm-hmm. and do something like that because we enjoy it so much. But make the decision. No, we're going to actually physically rest. Put coffee on our oh, white. Oh man. 
It's okay. Uh, but anyways, like physically resting your body and having the discipline to be able to do that, mm-hmm. to actually just chill. <laughs> Sorry, I was just in the position of the listener thinking about what just happened and <laughs> having that image in their mind. We got a white bedspread and I just spilled coffee and Sorry, I'm distracting. Um, so know your physiology. Yeah. Uh, if you are a person that is more tight. Ty- okay, so Jared and I are super different in this. You're not typically tired very often, other than the second before you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Jared has a really interesting and amazing physiology, and I think it's because you sleep so good at night. You just, like, lay down and you're asleep, and then you just wake up at 4 a.m., mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're not tired That's all day long. And I, then, I, I enjoy a power nap, a 15-minute power nap, but yeah. I, get that. I do that about once a week. Yeah, but... Um, Jared and I are super different. He sleeps amazing at night. So in the day, and you just are a high energy person, but in the day you feel pretty energetic and like you could go run a mountain or run up steep hills. We are arguing, um, not arguing, but like we are playfully chatting in the car. Uh, Jared, we'd go up these really steep hills on the way to Branson and Jared would be like, I could run up this. And me and the kids would be like, you could not run up this. This is way too steep. The thing is, I really don't think they thought I could. I kind of don't either. I agree. Yeah, I could. (laughs) I could run. I could run up that. You probably could. Um, but anyways, Jared has that kind of energy and that kind of confidence <laughs> that he's like, I could run up the super steep hill, no problem. Um, but anyways, if you are not the person that thinks sees a giant hill and thinks I could definitely run up that, um, then know that on the Sabbath, enjoy rest and don't feel bad about that. And take take measures beforehand so that you can actually physically rest. A lot of times. It's hard to take a Sabbath, and I remember um, being a part of, like, a group chat thing. This has been many, many years ago. And one person saying, my husband wants to Sabbath on Sabbath, and oh, is he that just where kind of like, puts himself in another room. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be away from the family. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, a bag. and how, how can I possibly get any rest because he's gone, basically, for the Sabbath? Um, or he was like going hiking and no, like, no, he was just in another room, I think, but it doesn't matter the details of the scenario, but like there are going to be things while your children are little where it's just going to be harder to take a nap, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. So working together as a couple to just be honest with each other and say, Hey, I really need a nap today. Is there any way we can prioritize that at some point during the day that I could go take a 30 minute nap? Um, and just being honest with each other and taking turns or whatever it may be that you can get some actual rest. And if not, if there are years at a time that you don't get a nap, relying on God to be your strength and knowing that this is a season that will pass and children grow up, they don't keep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And knowing like, okay, God, well, for this season, I know that you'll sustain me and I will sleep later. And that's okay. Some things that I do to prepare for Sundays, I like to do like a crock pot meal. And sometimes I even prepare that on Saturdays so that Sunday I can get up. All I got to do is put it in the thing and plug it in. And Laundry sits there if there's laundry. Yeah, laundry sits there. We eat on paper plates a lot of times. Like we'll eat outside so that it's not a huge cleanup. I set out people's clothes the day before, but doing as much prep, you know, get the diaper bag ready. Doing as much prep as you can so that it can feel like a break. Yeah. That's good. Um, Another thing that I think is good to think about when it comes to just trying to make patterns that you feel like you don't have to get a break from is enjoying your life. Mm -hmm. Um, Trying to think of what do you enjoy? What does your family enjoy doing? 
discover things, learn things, be curious about things, be interested in things. Yeah, refuse to live in such a way where you feel like you have to escape. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, i got to escape this and go do something else because this is so draining. And again, there's going to be seasons in life that are more difficult mm-hmm. than others, that are harder than others physically. Okay. But they're in the midst of that, the whole, I mean, the whole principle is there. Like, are you grateful for what you have? Or do you see, you know, I heard somebody talk, talking about, you know, kids sucking the life out of them at one point. Like, refuse to be that kind of person yeah. to where you enjoy the gifts that God has given enjoy you. Enjoy your children. Enjoy the right. work of your home. Yeah. Um, in learning contentment, Nancy Wilson talks about in every situation, learning to be content. Well, Paul originally talks about this. And then mm-hmm. Nancy Wilson talks about <laughs> Paul talking about this. And learning contentment. But just knowing, like, I... This is the life that God has given me. Every single part of it. This is this is from the Lord, and God has given me this. God, help me to be content and joyful and thriving in this life that you've given me, not dragging myself through it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I think even with like expectations, you can expect Sabbath as command every week. You've got to live in such a way when these uh, when these extra things like vacation or Sabbath don't come, that you see those as a gift. You see those as a bonus on top of the way you're normally mm-hmm. living and existing. Yeah. And maybe it takes training for your family and maybe your kids need to learn this is Sunday. We don't do work on this day. So I'm going to, we're going to sit outside and you guys are going to play and we're going to kind of just rest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and maybe that needs to become more normalcy and, and for them to see that and for them to learn that. And so that that can be a pattern that you guys can enjoy. Um, I remember I used to feel like, Sundays I needed to just catch up on things. So like, oh, I should probably just do that extra little under so I can get ahead for the next week. Or, oh, I needed, we should probably do some of the schoolwork that we were behind on or something. Um, but it was really convicting for me that in there, in that passage, it even says your son or your daughters shouldn't labor on mm-hmm. this day either. And it's like, okay, this is a Sabbath for my children too, that I'm not, we're not going to do schoolwork. That's just my own personal conviction that we, we typically don't do schoolwork on a Sunday. Just because I want them to get a break from something, I mean, I've too. never seen you guys do homework on a Sunday. Yeah, I have before. Oh. Well, don't do that anymore. <laughs> I, we don't. <laughs> we don't. Um, but I want them to get a break from something, too. We don't do a lot of chores. Like, I'm not making anybody clean their room on yeah. Sunday. But anyways, then coming to mental health, because there are seasons of life where people feel, you know, people have gone through difficult things, and there are hard circumstances surrounding something that people feel like I've got, I've got to take a break because this has been such a hard season and that's a reality for some people. So what are some like mental health tips that we can talk about? Yeah. Well, and for us too, I mean, there's, there's times where it it does feel like when we just talked about this the other day where it's like, okay, trying to keep our head above water because there's a lot of stuff and and you'd say that. And there are times for the men that they feel like that as well, where the work is just, man, it's just overwhelming. I've got to do, go through this again, whether you're in pastoral ministry or whether you're in just normal life work. There's always, you know, piles of things that need to be done. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, trying to navigate which pile needs to be done and which yeah. has been forgotten or neglected or which needs to be done. Definitely be overwhelming. Kind of, kind of thing, right. Um, so, you want me to make a, before we go into that, you want to make, may a, make a quick comments on sabbaticals? Sure. Or, okay. So, with sabbaticals, the, the whole world, sabbatical, Sabbath, is about rest. It's a, a season of rest, a prolonged season of rest. So, I read that and, this is actually, people get the whole concept for sabbatical from the year of Jubilee situation. Like, that's where people get this. Because sabbatical is not like a biblical word. Well, it's built out of Sabbath. But right, it, it, but it's like the concept right. of Like this a prolonged extended, season of rest, yeah. right. Well, I mean, I, I think in white-collar work, academia, 
that is something that is somewhat expected after 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of research and study. People will take a lot of times work Sabbaths, which are kind of a, a in a conflict of terms, but they will go and write and do a special project or they'll do something like that. In ministry, a lot of times pastors will, after so long, get sabbaticals where it's a season of a month, two months, three months. And I think for most pastors, we've got to understand that we are not white-collar workers. We are blue-collar workers. We're shepherds. We we do the work of ministry, and we shouldn't be expecting stuff like that. In our church, in our context, and for me personally, I, I couldn't in clean conscience. This is me, and others may be able to disagree, and you might push back and be like, oh, man, we had a Sabbath, and it was a, not a Sabbath. We had a, we had a sabbatical, and it was the greatest thing ever, and I don't doubt that. I'm sure it, it was phenomenal, but... Most people don't get that, and most of the people in our congregations will never get a sabbatical. And if they went to their employer and said, hey, um, I want to take a month off, I want to take three months off, and I just want to rest for three months, and we're going to you know, travel and just enjoy it. Their, I might write a book. Their employer would literally laugh at them and be like, yeah, find new employment at the end of that, buddy. Mm-hmm. And in ministry, pastors have to realize that, that, and I'm speaking specifically to pastors, most of the people in their church, we, we cannot be soft men expecting to get things that are in the academic world or in this white-collar work, and just expecting that. You shouldn't expect a sabbatical ever. And if you ever get one after 30, 40 years of ministry, well, then that's great. But it shouldn't be an expectation that every year, I mean, I was part of a network once that said every year, every seven years, a pastor should get a sabbatical. And it's like, man, go to your congregation and tell them that. And if you're modeling that for your congregation, you're you're modeling an unrealistic expectation of life and work and rest. And so what we got to model in ministry is a normal life that you can exist in and enjoy for the rest of the congregation to where that can be the kind of life that is replicable in the church. Yeah. Again, just having the healthy rhythms. This is about everyday life. This is the long goal, the long vision, not a sprint and then crash and then sprint and then crash. But what are healthy rhythms for you and your family? And I think that's good because most people in in, in ministry, it's like this a lot of the time as well. And just like it is in other careers and and callings that vocational callings that people have, it's exactly that. It's results now, it's run, it's sprint, it's not the tortoise kind of life. Mm-hmm. It's not the consistent work plodding along. It is the hair run, 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 collapse, run, 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 collapse. And these collapse moments are the vacation time when people are mm-hmm. like, I'm hoping that when I collapse, I get the energy. I'm mm-hmm. spiritually depleted and I need some electrolytes spiritually. And maybe this <laughs> time of rest will be what I need to start running the sprint again. And it's yeah. like, man, that kind of existence will just exhaust you. And it's not productive in yeah. the long term. Yeah. So with ministry, how do you not sprint? Like how do you how do you create healthy boundaries, I guess, for your family so that you're not feeling depleted all the time? Well, for me, and this is what a lot of talk about on the Shepherd's Crook, is that you've got to get the clutter of what ministry is, whether it's handed down to you from uh, denominational people or network people or whatever, whether it's handed to you by even the church and saying, here's our expectations for you. And what you got to do is run at the scriptures and say, what has God prescribed for me to be and do? And then you do that as God has called you to do that. So pastoral ministry is defined in the scriptures. And I talk again, a lot about that on my show. And so we got to be faithful to the Lord and have a clean conscience before him that we're doing what God's called us to do. Because if we do what everything, like all the fads and all the church growth stuff and all the missiological stuff and we got to do this and outreach ministry and all this kind of stuff. There's just endless amounts of things to do, whether it's handed again, 
either from the Best Practices Ministry magazine or mm-hmm. from the people saying, here, you've got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. you just got to get that clutter out of the way and say, what's God called me to do? To shepherd God's people, my family first, mm-hmm. and then the people after that. Yeah. And I think the same thing could be said for wives and mothers. Like, there's a lot of expectations that could be put on you from not God. Mm-hmm. From external, what your neighbors—if you're kids, a really good mom, yeah, you your neighbors' this. kids are in this special program, and you should definitely—it's an hour every single day for the entire summer, mm-hmm. and it's a thirty-minute drive to get there, but it's going to be totally worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like that is kind of a big commitment, and mm-hmm. maybe well, you I mean, sh- for that for for a family like that, maybe that's exactly yeah, that's fine for them. Yeah, that's totally but. fine. But not putting the expectations of what other people are doing on you to say, well, if I really love my kid and I don't want them to die, then I have to fill my entire summer up with that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Just as an example of not putting a lot on yourself to where you've. I am so frazzled because I'm having to do all these a million different things throughout the day. Well, do you really have to do those million different things throughout the day? Do your kids have to be involved in all those different things? Are you feeling frazzled because you have nine million commitments outside of your home that you're trying to do? Like, are all, talk to your husband. Yeah. Are all of those things necessary for your family? Are yeah, they blessing your family? And I think that's where the husband has to step in and mm-hmm. just be able to say no. And I'm just continuing to learn that to where we protect and how we live and exist in the in the best sort of way was still doing what we need to do and even beyond. I mean, right. So it's a hard balance because you don't want to be the type of person that's like, well, I have created these boundaries and this is what I will handle. And I'm not going to go outside of that. It's like, no, sometimes trust the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes stuff comes up and sometimes you have a really crazy week and sometimes you do something every night of the week and, and, and taking care of people outside of your family, even, and just doing a lot of extra stuff that feels very extra. And in those seasons, trust the Lord. That's fine. Um, and move on, but just for your normalcy and your normal rhythms, like trying to be wise and create healthy, mm-hmm. healthy habits. So now, um, want to do mental health now? Sure. So just some a few notes about mental health. Just what are some ways that we can um, maintain good mental health, or like strive for good mental health, um, so that we don't get to a place of you know depression and anxiety and and those kind of things that also make you feel so you like don't you want need a vacation and right. escape. Yeah. I mean exercise. Is huge, mm-hmm. and if you already exercise, you can also do things like food, exercise, food, eat well. That's yep. going to be the huge. That's going to be the biggest thing. And for moms, that's going to be difficult to find time. So it's going to mean you're going to have to wake up earlier. You're going to have to stay up later. You're going to have to do something. Well, to I, one thing I said on the little live that we did was my friend Laura and Amy. They do the healthy shift and. They're dietitians, but they um, were talking on there about, like, how do moms find time for exercise? Mm-hmm. And she was saying, do things you enjoy. And I'm like, oh, that's what we do. So I really like going on walks, so we go on walks as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably do that four or five times a week, and our little route is one point what? One point? So 1.2 miles. 1.2 miles. Um, so it's not like we're going on super long walks or anything, but we have a little path, and we do that regularly. So we get those endorphins up, get the blood flowing, and it's a nice little exercise for our family. If you like hiking, awesome, do that. If you like swimming, awesome, do that. Do things that you enjoy so that you're actually motivated to exercise. I do not like cardio, so I am not going to make time to go for a run or or do things like that. Um, you're not going to run up hills? No, I'm not going to go run up hills. <laughs> So doing things you enjoy so that you're able to get exercise, focusing on good nutrition. I like the Weston A. Price Foundation, and they have good advice about getting good nutrition, uh, making sure that you're eating enough calories for your body. 
um, especially during seasons of pregnancy and nursing, it's shocking how many calories that you actually need. Um, and I think there's a lot of women that are like not eating enough for them mm-hmm. um, and are, are maybe eating junk. And they're like, well, I've ate all of these Pringles today, so mm-hmm. that I should be full. Mm-hmm. And But really it's empty and not giving you the nutrients that you need, but you are gaining weight, like unnecessary weight because of not eating well. But you should actually be eating a lot of good calories yeah. and good food and good fats. Can I say something else I think is critical for mental health? Yeah. Okay. This is going to sound, hang with me here, but repentance, uh, ladies, when it comes to mental health, repentance is a huge piece of it. And men and women have unique struggles and there's masculine sins, there's feminine sins. And one common feminine sin is this area of worry. And it doesn't mean that every woman, I'll get all the caveats aside, um, but this idea of uh, worry and anxiety. And when it comes to mental health, repentance has to be a key component. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, don't worry. And it's a command. Don't worry. Certainly there are times of hormonal imbalances and those sorts of things. But even in those times, sins have to be named, called out and repented of. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge piece for ongoing mental health. It's got to be included is, are you recognizing naming the sin rather than excusing sin by talking about hormones, thinking about hormones, or just getting into a moment of, I'm just living like Eeyore and, you know, being in a time of sadness or whatever. And again, I get that there's difficulties that come with being a lady that's unique to women, but it has to be named, called out and repented of. And if you're a repentant woman, and if you're going out and doing things like exercising and all this kind of stuff, repentance is a huge aspect of mental health that, I mean, secularists know nothing about mm-hmm. because they're talking about coping and that we don't want to cope with mental health. We want to, by the grace of God, do what we can to be as healthy as we possibly can. And repentance is a huge piece. Yeah. And I think um, just having the right theology around repentance, that doesn't mean that if you're struggling with anxiety or depression that you should be shamed. Yeah, or that it immediately, things are going to immediately change. Mm -hmm. Repentance is a daily thing, just like it is with any other sin. Yeah, that we are sons and daughters of God if we are Christians. So we go to our dad and say, I'm sorry, and everything is right with us. It's It's not a matter of, well, I'm struggling with anxiety and I am too ashamed to <clears throat> to bring that before the Lord or before my husband or Christian sisters and repent and, and ask for help and guidance. Knowing that it is healthy for me to repent. It's healthy for me to confess one to another. And it's a command. I mean, we have to. Yeah. Or we so, walk in disobedience. So repenting and then also seeking out natural means in the world that God created to find helps for those things. So if you think that it is possible that it is a hormone imbalance, like looking into evening primrose primrose oil, looking into a natural doctor that can help you find herbs and supplements and things like that that might help, talking to wise women that that have gone before you that might have good advice for you of things that can help. And then also knowing that hormones are temporary. If you just had a baby, it's one of those things like, Give it a week. You might mm-hmm. feel better next week. Like eat, eat some tacos and <laughs> sleep. Eat a cheese stick. <laughs> eat a cheese stick. Take a nap what and give it? it one week, and what it honestly it? might be better. Like we laugh, but I'm serious about just the cyclical nature of hormones. That that has been a lot of peace of mind for me of just knowing like this is gonna change in 
the course of a week. Like mm-hmm. within the course of a week, I am going to feel differently hormonally just because of the way that God created a woman's body. Everything is so cyclical. Like there are different times throughout the course of a month that you're going to feel totally different about the exact same subject. Yeah. <laughs> so just knowing like that things change and to give it a little time and that can give you a lot of peace of mind and help you to not be anxious and knowing that, okay, this is temporary. Mm-hmm. God, give me the grace and strength for today to make it through this and give me wisdom. Please put people in my path that can help me. Yeah. I've prayed that many times and God has always done it. <laughs> well, and I think the foundation of all that is there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I mean, Amen. you, you can repent of those things and seek help and obedience to those things under the, you know, what was it that Josh said that our sins are either covered or counted mm-hmm. and in Christ <clears throat> our sins are covered. And so we have the freedom to be able to repent and say, hey, man, I, I need to get better. And ladies, you won't be saying, hey, man, I need to get better. But you'll be able to talk to people, talk to your husband. I mean, talk to the Lord first, obviously, and talk to your husband, talk to your friends and say, hey, I need help with this. And I want to repent of this. Help me. Yeah. Um, another thing that we talked about when we were on vacation is about just being outdoors and what a blessing that it is to us mentally and physically. So, so this is sparks outdoors. <laughs> so this is kind of. Uh, just interesting things about being outside that I like. So when you think about being outside, you think about being in the sunshine. And what do we get from the sunshine? Vitamin D, which makes us feel good. Um, it's good for our bodies, and it also makes us feel good and feel happy. So being outside in the sun, like if you are able to take a break and be on vacation or um, maybe even on your Sabbath, just dedicating time to being outside because it really is good for your body and good for your mental health to be in the sunshine. Also, just like being in the dirt, doing a garden, doing things that you enjoy outside that are so helpful for you mentally and physically. Um, another interesting thing is the whole ions thing, like the negative ions situation. I'm really interested Don't in this. And food. again, who knows? <laughs> who knows? But... It's enough of placebo effect that if I am by running water, I'm like, I'm definitely feeling more relaxed. So supposedly there's like these negative ions that are by... Pine trees, water. Pine forests. Sunrise, sunset. Mountains. Beauty. Running water, like crashing water, like waves at a beach or a lake or something. Supposedly there's negative ions there that are really good for you, make you feel happy and more relaxed. So, hey. I mean, it certainly makes me feel happy. It makes me feel happy, too. Mm-hmm. Next time you're by a pine tree, you just feel more just relaxed. look at it. You just look at it and feel those <laughs> negative ions and see and if you feel more relaxed. And just remember that you heard this on Fruitful and Fearless, <laughs> and we told you so. Yeah. So, a lot of those things, it's like, I'm not really sure. That might be too woohoo, but it might be also a placebo that can help you. So, there's that. Anything else about vacation, rest, sabbaticals? I think that about covers it. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Is it still recording? Yeah. Okay. Also, fruitfulandfearless.com is up. Wait, wait, hold on. Oh, wait, before we go, tell them about the membership. Yes, Fruitful and Fearless membership is now up, so um, it's really cool. There's multiple tiers on there. The first tier is only $6, and that one gets you into the community, which is really awesome. It's like all these um, Christian women with all these different skills, and you can talk to them and ask questions. we got forums going on right now. I know Margo just started one this morning about cloth diapers, and everybody's giving input about cloth diapers, cool. what they use, how they do it, how they wash them, all that information. Um, there's like a cooking group, a homeschool group, a book club group. What other groups are on there? Um, I'm about to start a natural medicine group on there. Um, pregnancy, birth, and fertility group. Sewing. There's all kinds of cool groups on there and all kinds of women who are sharing their wisdom. So, anyways, 
check it out. Oh, the cookbook is also on um, the website now. You can check out the cookbook. You get e-download. So anyways, check it out, fruitfulandfearless.com.